a few of the interactions that I had this past week, some of the counseling sessions, times that I've just met with folk, I have been aware that there are folk, and this is what I want to speak about this morning, that are in a place of confusion. They don't know what God is doing in their life. And I want to just encourage you to trust him during this process. So the passage that I'm going to speak about comes from Genesis chapter 45, and it's regarding the life of Joseph. If you feel that where you are at the moment is not fulfilling the vision that you initially had for your life, uh, you might be on a detour. God has probably taken you on a detour, and he's going to do something very specific and something very dynamic in your life as you on this detour. But let's read Genesis 45 and verse 5, 7, and 8. And now, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Now, this is where Joseph is confronting his brothers who are uh, asking for food and help because it is a time of a famine and his brothers are standing in front of him because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. I, I, I just want that, that, that to save lives that God sent me ahead of you, okay? So we're going to look at a little bit of Joseph's life. Verse 7, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Sometimes we don't understand God's leading in our lives. You see, this is an Old Testament character. It's one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and it's, it's about, about Joseph. Genesis 37, verse 20 and 21. And Joseph's master took him. Now, this, this was when he had been uh, sold into slavery and taken away to a foreign land, to Egypt, and uh, he had been sold to, to uh, Potiphar. So Potiphar's wife had designs on this good-looking young Jewish boy, and uh, he said, no, I'm going to resist this, and she lied about him, and he was thrown into jail. So Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. I mean, I find that a fascinating thing. In one day, in one day, He's doing his job, he's resisting temptation, and he's lied about, he is taken and he's thrown into prison, and he's there. I mean, you know, he was in prison for a, for a period of 13 years. Okay, so, but in one day he experiences this whole host of, the, uh, of, of emotions. Taken, falsely accused, put into prison, and the Lord was with him and showed favor. It doesn't. There's a bit of a contradiction here. Listen, if God is favoring me, then I'm going to be okay. You know, and so often we think of the, the high points, the mountaintops that God gives to us. That's of God. Wonderful. I feel a hubble bubble in my spirit and I'm good with life. But the valleys, no, no, no. God is not there in the valleys. You know, one of the great Psalms says in verse 4 of Psalm 23, 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For thou art there with me. The Lord's presence is there with, with us. So, Joseph. <laughs> God gave him a dream. God gave him two dreams. That he would actually be a ruler one day. And that his brothers would come and bow down. So he says to his brothers, this is the dream that God gave me. And they got irritated. They didn't particularly like this dream. That Joseph would rule over them one day. So they decided that they were going to get rid of him. They were going to take him and throw him in a pit and say to the father, a wild animal killed him. But as they were doing that, and this is part of the engineering of God, at that particular moment in the middle of the desert, here come a bunch of Ishmaelite slave traders. And they think, well, let's get some money out of this situation rather than just put him in a pit and let him die. Let's, let's, let's get some wealth. Let's get some finance. And so they sold him as a, as a slave to these guys and took him to Egypt. And while he was in Egypt, he uh, was in part of his house. Mrs. Uh, Potiphar lied about him. He ended up in prison. And in prison, he met the butler and the winemaker and um, had dreams for them, uh, interpreted the dreams, and... Uh, eventually the butler goes into Pharaoh's house and, you know, forgets about him. Now he's been in jail for 13 years <clears throat> and he forgets about Joseph for a period of two years after the butler had said, I'm going to talk to Pharaoh about you. And he forgets about him. And then one day Pharaoh comes and he's like struggling. He says, I've had a terrible dream. And I, 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 I seven fat cows and then seven skinny cows come and gobble up the fat cow. What, what, what does this mean? And all of a sudden this butler says, ha, oh, there's a guy in jail. There's a guy in jail who can interpret dreams. And immediately Pharaoh calls him, comes out of jail and interprets the dreams and Pharaoh appoints him to be this incredible leader in Egypt. We don't understand all the goings on here. But Joseph was on a huge detour. Have you ever been on a detour in your life? Hmm? We don't understand what in the world is happening. I'm going through torture. I'm going through difficulty. I am confused. I am perplexed. Maybe you're going through that detour today. But God is at work in your life. He's seriously at work in your life. Paul believed in this process as well. Regardless of what is happening, the principle of spiritual progress took place in Paul's life and he says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and when we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose, we know that in all, all things, it says all, through your times of confusion, through your times of difficulty, through your times of perplexity, 
God is working something out. Jesus believed emphatically that God was a God who was involved in human activities in the affairs of men and a woman. He believed in a living God, a God that was daily involved in each one of our lives. And those of us who have come to that place where we have surrendered our lives, God has accepted our surrender and he is in charge. That was the message of Jesus. God knows about you. He's aware of all your needs even before you pray. He's made you for a purpose. The hairs on your head are numbered. You matter to God, and if you allow him, he will lead you and guide you through all of those situations and circumstances. There is a fascinating verse in Psalm 37 and verse 23. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Another translation says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. <clears throat> the steps of a good man... <clears throat> are ordered of the Lord. There was one Bible translation that had a spelling error there. And it went like this. The stops of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I think that's quite a cute translation. If God is involved in your steps, hello, he's also involved in your stops. And somewhere along the way, some of us have just come. I've stopped. I don't know what's going on. I don't believe that God causes sickness, tragedy, heartache. But I believe that God takes us on a detour from time to time to work out his plans and his purposes way beyond anything that we can ever imagine. And when calamity breaks in and the patterns of our lives are turned upside down, we need to turn our eyes on him and focus on him, on his goodness, and trust in his loving heart regardless of the situation. A number of years ago, they were doing huge roadworks on the N1. And I mean... It, it was, you know, when, when, when there's roadworks, everything slowed down. The journeys were longer. It was very frustrating. And we all got really, really impatient at these roadworks. And we just longed for the road to open up where extra lanes could be. And, and, and sometimes when there's a detour, we get a little impatient and a little frustrated. You know, there was a frustration in Paul's life, Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 were to go to Philippi. And while they were in Philippi, the Lord's Holy Spirit led them to the place where they were at Lydia's house. Lydia's household was totally uh, converted and transformed and things were happening in Philippi. And then all of a sudden, people started to gang up against Paul and Silas. And they arrested him and they threw him in jail. A detour. A huge detour. You see the power of God coming. You see people getting converted. Now all of a sudden they're in jail. They're, they're, they're in stocks. They're, they're, their arms and their feet are, are, are... They can't even lie down on a cold, wet Roman jail. They are in stocks. And so they just decide, let's start singing. I mean, they had a captive audience in prison. I mean... Uh, <laughs> only some of you got that joke. Okay. <laughs> And they start singing. And, and as a result of that, God breaks in, causes an earthquake, prison doors begin to open up, and 
you know, many are converted and the uh, prisoner, the, the jailer of the prison is converted, him and his family. But it was a detour that they were on. I, I look at some of the missionaries. William Carey, he went to India. I mean, you have no idea during the 1800s what missionaries had to go through to India and China. And, and William Carey, he, he, he went to India, his son got terribly sick, he was five years old, and he died. And his wife, a year later, went insane. But he persisted, he was on a huge detour. And the, the amount of uh, incredible breakthrough that came as he stuck this thing out. You know who was on a huge detour was Jesus. I mean, he even prays to the Father, and he says, Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass from me. Let this, this thing of the cross, let, let it pass, if it's your will, God. But it wasn't God's will. And he endured that detour, the detour of all detours. Father, if it's your will, can I trust you? Can I trust you for your goodness, not only in life, but in also death as well? And Jesus was on this detour. But as a result of that, as a result of the cross, new life and new hope came into the world like never before. Are you on a detour? If you are, trust him. Psalm 119 and verse 71 <clears throat> says this, it is good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Hmm. Don't struggle, don't resist what God is doing in your life. You need to know that he's the Alpha, he's the Omega. He will always be there helping and assisting us. He's in your future even before you were born. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. And he holds your life in the palm of his hand. He knows exactly what he's doing in your life. Allow God to reveal the wonderful big things in your life. And when everything looks smashed up, when everything looks disastrous, know that when God looks at you, he doesn't see ashes, but he sees beauty out of the ashes. When God looks at you, he sees not despair, but he sees joy in that despair. And this is the time to trust him. Charles Spurgeon said this, and this is, I love this quote. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. And when you don't understand, when you can't see his plan, when you can't see his hand, trust his heart. So let me quickly talk to you about detours. How do you know you're on a detour? <clears throat> well, you need to realize that God's timing is not your timing. God's timing is not your timing. I have been in ministry over 40 years, uh, and I must say, I've made some very good decisions along the way, but some bad decisions I've made, and some of the worst decisions that I've made have come out of Impatience. Impatience. In the Old Testament, there was a guy whose name was Abraham. 
God promised him a son. And there was no son to be seen. <coughs> and he got impatient with God. So he decided to take it. Let, let, let me help God out here. And he took Hagar as a second wife. And from Hagar came Ishmael. Let me tell you, that was drama upon drama in that family. And it caused drama in many, 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 even today, generations. Because he became impatient with the situation. Listen, be patient with God. In James chapter 1 and verse 4, let patience have its perfect work. Perseverance must, be, must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. F.B. Mayo says this, God's delays are not God's denials. God's delays are not God's denials. <clears throat> God is preparing you for something better. He's always at work in your life for the good of his people. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He's made everything beautiful in his time. You know, one of the, the first parable, or the first miracle of Jesus was the turning of the water into wine. And the, uh, we, we see that Jesus was at a, uh, a marriage wedding ceremony and the wine ran out. So Jesus says, I want you to fill six large containers. I want you to fill it with water. And he changed the water into the wine. And the, and the, the guy who was in charge of the came and he tasted the wine and he said this, you have kept the best wine. You have saved the best wine until the last. Uh, isn't that what happens with the Lord? I mean, I'm in the latter stages of my ministry. And I can honestly say, this verse is for Medlin and I. We are having the time of our life, best for last. And I want to tell you as well, if you trust God, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. He gives good. He gives better. And then at the end, he gives the best. I want you to know, that God is not in the process of giving comfort into our lives. He's there to produce character and not provide comfort for you. And sometimes it's not comfortable when he takes us on a detour. So, you know that you're on a detour when you have uncooperative circumstances. <laughs> you remember Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 33. In this world you will have trouble, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Hmm? A survey was done <clears throat> of the 300 most successful people in the world. And out of that 300, one quarter of them came out of a, a, a serious situation where they were physically handicapped. There was deafness, there was blindness, and some uh, debilitating physical defect. The other three quarters came out of poverty and broken home and completely disturbed situation growing up. 
But out of that 300 of the most successful people, out of these uncooperative circumstances came this situation where they had to fight against the incredible odds. You will have uncooperative circumstances in your life. But this is the time to trust Him. You will do the right thing and it will turn out bad. Joseph was minding his own business. I mean, here comes Mrs. Potiphar with all her finery. Old Potiphar is out. He's gallivanting. He's doing stuff. And he's at, at home. With jo- she's at home with Joseph. I mean, and he, I can't do this. In the eyes of God, I can't do this. It would have just been so easy for him. He wouldn't have ended up in jail for 13 years. It would have just been fun and games. But he resisted because he knew that it was the wrong thing. He's doing the right thing and he's taken and he's thrown into jail. And sometimes you'll think, I'm doing the right thing, but why is it so against me? I think Joseph took the tangles, placed them in the hands of God, and trusted God. And God was able to work things out. Another situation is you need to remain faithful in spite of the situation. Well, look at what happened. Eventually the butler goes to Pharaoh and says, you need to get this guy to, to interpret your dream about the skinny cows eating the fat cows. You need to get this guy in. I mean, Joseph has been used for years. He's used to, been used to, to uh, um, interpret dreams by everybody. He's, he's interpreted dreams for the winemaker, the butler. He's, he's just been used. And he keeps on giving. I would, if I was Joseph, would have come. If Pharaoh wants me to do, interpret a dream, then we're going to negotiate something here. He didn't. He just came, interpreted, and when the time came to end, at the end of all of that, he turned around and said, I'm going to go back to prison. And Pharaoh said, where can we find a man like this? And immediately he was put in charge of this whole situation. But he was prepared to continue to be faithful. Don't have issues. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up. And then he was in prison in a dark, dark place and he never allowed that darkness to creep into his heart. He never allowed bitterness. His brothers, his brothers sold him into slavery and ended up 13 years in jail. I mean, if your family did that to you, where you had to spend 13 years in jail, I mean, you know, you would have to, it'd be a long, tall ask to say, I'm not going to be resentful. But he did not allow resentment and bitterness to get into his heart, because I'm telling you now that if resentment and bitterness gets into your heart, you're gonna, you're a gonna. That bitterness and that resentment will take you, it will chew you up, it will spit you out for breakfast. But he says, I'm not going to do that. And at the end of his life, he stood 
in front of his brothers and he said, you meant evil. You meant it for evil. But God meant it 